Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time today. Father, we bless you and thank you for your word. We pray now that everything that we do and say, that it will be pleasing in your sight and bring glory and honor to you. May you be glorified. May your people be edified. May the devil be horrified by the life change that will take place because of your word today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a four-letter word that makes people bristle when they hear it, especially when it's spoken to or directed at them. Climb up out of the gutter. That's not the word I'm talking about. It's a four-letter word that can just really make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Let, let, let's see if you, can, if you can guess what it is. First letter. Oh, some of y'all already got twisted. Y'all like. Second letter. Yeah, third letter. Let's put the last letter up. Obey. Man, that's a four-letter word. We love to throw it out at somebody else, but we don't want anybody to throw it out at us. Right? When somebody says, obey, you be like, I ain't no dog. Uh, I was talking to a lady just this week who told me the difference between her getting married and not getting married was the refusal of the preacher to take that word out of the vows. I said, well, why didn't you make them put it in the vows for your husband-to-be? He said, because my husband-to-be only wanted obedience one-sided. He wasn't interested in submitting to me or obeying me like the Bible says. No, he wanted to do his thing and then said to me, but you need to obey me. And when we hear that word obey, Come on, let's be honest. We start thinking about our rights and who I am as a person, and I'm no animal. But let me ask you a question. How much do you struggle when the person who says obey is God? See, I submit to you today, my brothers and sisters, while we struggle with obeying people, we transfer that same mentality when it comes to obeying God. But the truth of the matter is, nothing positions us to be blessed by God more than obeying God. Today, for a few moments, we're going to continue our look at Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides Jehovah Yireh, and, and, and I want to focus on this last point today as we finish out this powerful story that reveals to us who God is in a way that had never been seen or recognized before. For those of you who are visiting with us today, if you have your outlines, would you say amen? amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Uh, the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac begins uh, some 25 years plus earlier 
when God finds a man by the name of Abram and a woman by the name of Sarai who are married, and he promises to bless them with a child who will become the vehicle, the conduit through which he will bless many nations. A great nation will come forth and he will bless many nations. And the Bible says through a series of events, Abram and Sarai get to the place where now they are far beyond childbearing years. And God comes in and performs a miracle. He blesses them to have a child. Abram at the time is 99. Sarai, I believe, is 89. He changes their names to Abraham and Sarah and blesses them, and they have a child of promise by the name of Isaac. Fast forward, God now calls for Abraham to sacrifice the life of his son Isaac. He calls him to sacrifice the life of his son Isaac, not because God wants the life of Isaac as much as he wants the heart of Abraham. And so he wants to see if Abraham is willing to give up what he loves so much. Typically, my brothers and sisters, when we talk about giving to God, we ask God to give us more so we can give to God instead of giving to God out of what God has already blessed us with. So we say things like, if you bless me with this, God, then I'll give you this. And God says, well, what about what I've already given you? Are you willing to give back to me what I've already blessed you with? We get to this point in the story where Abraham raises up the knife to sacrifice his son. God stops him as his arm is raised, about to be lowered, thrusting the knife into his son. God provides a ram in the bush. And the question now is, what is the final pronouncement? And as we get to verse 15, we hear what God has to say. Now, just in the form of review, let's go over what we talked about on last week. Number one, we said you can see the Lord provide what you need when you're willing to sacrifice what you have. God called Abraham to sacrifice what he already had, and Abraham had to choose whether or not he would obey God. He chose to obey God. He obeyed God in both his going and his giving. And the Bible says God was pleased. The second thing we see is that you can see the Lord provide what you need when you actually need the Lord to provide what you need. It's typically not until we get to the place where we can't do and we've asked God to do that we finally recognize that it was God who got it done. One of the things that we see throughout the scriptures, and it happens with us every day of our lives, is we take credit for what credit really belongs to God. And so many times God says, you know what, I got to let this situation get so bad. I got to let this situation get so terrible. 
that once it gets that bad, you recognize and you start crying out and you start saying, God, I need you to step in. And God steps in and then it's like, whoops, I got to give God some credit. I got to give God some glory. And sometimes we got to get to that place where we are between a rock and a hard place, where we are between nothing and less than nothing. Until we finally get to the place that we say, you know what? God did it. Today I want to talk to you about the most powerful posture, the most powerful act that you and I can ever offer to God to see God do what only God can do in our lives. Here it is. It's really a one-point message. You need to realize the Lord will reward your obedience. The Lord will reward your obedience. After everything Abraham had been through, following God, when God said, go with me and I'm going to take you to a land that I'm going to show you, to having family members who dropped off along the journey, but Abram still deciding to follow God. From the lies that were told to protect his family, protect his wife, to the baby mama drama that he went through with Hagar and Ishmael, to finally obeying God, even though he didn't believe God could do and would do it, for God to do it at the end of the day, God says, I'm going to reward your obedience. Look at verse 15. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all, all because you have obeyed me. Go back to verse 16. I want you to underline a couple of phrases. Underline the phrase, because you have obeyed me. How much can your children get from you? when they do what you tell them to do. You, you know, we used to sing that song, it's time for Christmas, right? Santa Claus is coming to town. We, we ain't know mom and daddy was Santa Claus, right? But he's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. But you know what? I've never known a parent to not buy a child a gift because that child was bad. Because <laughs> if that was the case, some of us still wouldn't be getting gifts. <laughs> right? I mean, we threaten it. We say it. But we don't really enforce it. But God says, because you have obeyed me. Look at A. You need to realize your obedience positions you to release God's omnipotence into your life. You release God into your life when you obey God. There's a cause and effect right there. 
I'm also embarrassed to show it to you. Because you have obeyed me. That's, not, that's all it took, Abraham, for you to obey me. The person who follows and obeys God, who does exactly what God says, receives the promise of God. Now, here's the problem. Most of us, maybe not you, but the person next to you, they want God to bless them even when they do wrong instead of committing to doing right and then asking God to bless them. Matter of fact, truth of the matter is, we want God to bless us based on our intentions, not on our actions. Yeah, it, it, it goes something like this. Well, God knows my heart. Your living can be as raggedy as raggedy can be, but the Lord knows my heart. The Lord knows I mean good. I mean, I was, I was listening to a family member talk about one of their family members who was like convicted of murder or something. I mean, some heinous crime. And, and this is what the family member said. Well, deep down, I mean, way down, <laughs> deep, deep down, he really a nice person. I'm thinking, how deep you got to go? <laughs> right? How, how deep do you have to go to find out whether or not this person is a nice person? How deep does somebody have to go to find out whether or not you're really going to obey God? The Bible says they, they were blessed because Abraham obeyed. Can I tell you something about obedience? It not only releases omnipotence into your life, you can add to it, it also allows you to access omniscience. It allows you to access omniscience. Somebody said, why? I'll tell you why. Because when you obey God, you get the benefit of his intelligence that can override the ignorance of your own actions. How many times have you told somebody to do something that you knew they needed to do, but because they thought they were smart enough, they decided to do something else and found themselves in a situation, in a circumstance that they could have avoided if they had just done what you told them to do? Now, if you were smart enough to give somebody some advice, imagine how much smarter and how much better the advice of God is. You said, well, I don't understand some of it. Understanding is not a prerequisite for obedience. I told my children all the time, you don't have to understand nothing. Just do what I tell you to do. If you do what I tell you to do, you're going to be all right. Because what I'm telling you is based on my experience. Something that you have not gone through and may not have to go through in your life. If you would just learn how to obey. When you listen to God, you benefit from what is seen and what is not seen. You benefit from eyesight and you benefit from divine insight. And you can avoid a whole lot of the hardships and heartaches you experience in life simply by obeying God. But here's the second thing. B, 
you need to realize God is true to his word. God is true to his word. Why do I want to obey God? Because God is true to his word. Usually, we struggle with, quote, unquote, obeying somebody because we have ultimately a fear that the person that we obey is going to take advantage of us or the person that we obey is wanting us to obey to benefit them at our expense. God says, I'm true to my word. Look at what the text says. I swear by my own name. Right? When I was growing up, if you wanted to find out if somebody was really telling the truth, you say, swear to God. <laughs> swear to God. Now, that's back when we had a little fear of God. So, man, I swear to God. I swear to God. Then people started shifting, and they started swearing on stuff that they loved a lot. Man, I swear on my grandchildren. You know, I, I swear on my mama. Right? Because they wanted to let you know that they were serious. This generation, you hear them saying things like, on God. On God. Watch what God says. God says, I am so truthful that when I take an oath, because there's nothing that I can take an oath on that I didn't create, I got to swear on myself. God said, I swear on me. I swear to me. You know, you're bad when you swear to yourself, right? God says, I swear on myself. I take an oath on myself that I am going to bless your obedience. Look at Hebrews 6.13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Which leads me to C. Look at C. You need to realize God can bless you like no one else. God can bless you like no one else. And, 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 and write this down somewhere, even better than you can bless yourself. Even better than you can bless yourself. You think you have your own self-interest? God can bless you better than you can bless yourself. Look at what the text says. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky, like the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of your enemies. And through you, descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, all because you have obeyed me. Watch what, watch what God Watch what God says to Abraham. Abraham, I not only will bless you, but because of your obedience, I'm going to bless others through you. Listen, somebody in here, I want to challenge you to live beyond and for a blessing beyond yourself. See, see, most of us, when we think about blessings, we think about what we can touch, what we can eat, what we can drive, what we can wear, what we can live in. We don't live thinking about generational blessings. 
How can I live in a way so that my children's children's children will be blessed by the way I have lived? I've been blessed because of my grandfather. My children have been blessed because of a man they never met. My children's children will be blessed by a man that they have never met because he lived and blessed beyond his lifetime. And the tragedy is so many of us are so selfish. We are so egocentric that it's all about us. We're like, man, get it the best way you can. You better do it. I had to pull it up. I had to put the work. You need to do that. You need to do that. You need God says, can you live through your obedience in a way that I can bless beyond just what you can put your hands on? See, see when God blesses, watch this. He, he, he not only wants to bless what you get, he wants to bless with what you learn. He, he wants to bless not only with what you get, but he wants to bless in terms of what you can give. See, see, you think a house is a blessing, but a house is not a blessing if you can't get a good night's sleep in it. A refrigerator full of food is not a blessing if you don't have an appetite. Right? A big house is not a blessing if you don't have anybody to share it with. God... God says, don't, don't limit how I can bless you because I got so much to work with. God has so much to work. When the Bible says he, he, he can do more than you can ask or imagine, more than you can think, he can bless you in ways that, listen, if I gave you a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen right now and gave you the rest of the day to write down all of the blessings that God has provided to you, you would miss more than you could name. You would miss more blessings than you could name. But the best blessings of God are tied to your obedience. Are you willing to obey God? I do a wedding ceremony. I ask the question, you want the traditional vows or you want the modern vows? They say, Pastor, what's the difference between the traditional and the modern vows? One word, obey. And I let them know. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about mutual submission, right? 1 Corinthians talks about the body of the wife belonging to the husband, body of the husband belonging to the wife, which means neither one of you should be doing anything with your body that you don't get permission from the other person to do with their body because your body doesn't belong to you anymore. So let's put obey everywhere because we're always better when we can learn how to yield to somebody else. Look at Romans 4.21. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. 1 Kings 8.56. Praise the Lord. 
who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Let's read it. I'm 2 Timothy, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 2, 13. Let's read it together. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And can I submit something to you? The faithfulness of God is always present, but it's not always recognized. Somebody in here right now, you're in a tough place. Struggling financially, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. You're in a tough place. And you don't know how you're going to make it. And you've been struggling for a minute. You've been struggling. And uh, last week it was hard. And you didn't know if you was going to make it. Truth be told, last month has been tough. But, but, but you made it. But you didn't know how you was going to make it. Actually, last year has been pretty tough. You didn't know how you were going to make it. Uh, you, you a year deep in this tough, tough journey. And you didn't know how you were going to make it. But you still haven't missed a meal. Right? You, you, you still have a roof over your head. You're still being provided for. It hasn't happened the way you thought. You could have picked a more comfortable path. Your anxiety level would be a whole lot lower if you had just a little more assurance. But maybe God is not trying to give you comfort. Maybe he's trying to get you to a place where you learn how to trust in him. And maybe God is just trying to get you to obey him. Now, now here's the problem with obedience, right? When we think about obedience, we typically think about it in degrees. And we think about it in light of somebody else's perceived obedience. For example, I know I'm obeying better than he is. Look at how raggedy his life is. He ain't even trying to live right. She ain't even. God, you know I'm trying to keep. She ain't even trying to keep herself. God, how come I ain't got, I, I can't get one husband. She done had three. And Lord, she ain't treating none of them right. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling the truth. Here's the question. Are you obeying and doing what God told you to do? Because the expectation that God has for you may not be the same as the excuse that somebody else may be using. 
you know better. Are you doing better? You can be better. Have you decided to be better? And at the end of the day, when you stand before God, and it's just you and him, you can't say, but God, I was, but, but you know, so, you know, he, you know, she, because God ultimately is going to look at you and say, what about you? But God, they got on my left. No, no, no. They may have got on your last nerves. Why did you give them access to your last nerve? But God, they pushed my button. Why you give them access to the button to push? Why you even give them permission to push the button? I, I told you about that great book I saw in the airport. I should have picked it up. It said, if people are driving you crazy, take away the keys. <laughs> Can't drive your car without your permission, you know what I mean? Here's the point. Obedience above all else positions us to release God in our lives like never before. And if you check the Bible, the overwhelming majority of the time, miracles show up on the other side of obedience. Whether it's something simple or something that calls for a greater commitment, when people obeyed the Lord, they positioned themselves to receive from God what they would have never received if disobedience was the path they walked down. We want to be blessed in spite of what we do. God says, I will bless you with abundant blessing when you learn how to walk in and do what I've told you to do. Father, thank you for this day. You have said in your word very clearly, same power that raised us is the same power that raised you from the dead. You have told us in your word in John 11 that you are the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in you will live even after dying. You have the ability to restore. You have the ability to give. You have the ability to bless. And so, God, we commit our lives to you. Holy Spirit, right now. Holy Spirit, right now. Remind us of the place of our disobedience. And the necessity to change our way of living so that we can claim what you have for us. Holy Spirit, right now, where we are tempted to look at somebody else who we know is doing worse than we are in our minds, help us to understand the personal nature of accountability so that we can move from where we are to where we need to be. We love you, God. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody who can, give the Lord a hand of praise wherever you are.
It's an accurate analogy, but it really is poor. Everybody who can, everybody who will, stand on your feet. It's an accurate analogy, but it, it, it doesn't even begin to, to really give you a picture of the love of God. But if you have, if you have children, if you have more than one child, you love all of your children, but there are some that will bring you more joy than others. I, I didn't say you love one better than the other, just some will bring you more joy than others. And, and, and how many of you would agree joy and happiness is many times tied to obedience, right? Like the child that does what you suggest that they do you tell them to do they ask for advice they take that advice man there's not a whole lot they can ask you for that you're not willing to do but that other one that just blows it and you know asks you for money and they just blow the money and they're gonna do whatever they want to do and basically tell you you know take a long walk on a short pier by their actions you know they come back and you be like no right because because you don't want to affirm their disobedience you're not trying to affirm their insanity you're not trying to affirm that like no no you need to make a change in your life no i want to keep living the same old raggedy tore up from the floor of life will you fund me please no i'm not interested in that bad investment you know that's good money after bad. Now, if you would struggle with that with your own children, what makes you think God? And there's somebody in here, you are blessed right now in your disobedience. That's nothing but the grace of God. That's nothing but the grace of God. And, and let me just let you know this. As blessed as you are, do you know how much more blessed you would be if you were obedient? Somebody who's here right now, two questions I'm going to ask. One, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? If I asked you that question personally and you couldn't answer that question in the affirmative, then you need to make a decision today. The men and women who are standing all over this building who would love to show you privately how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. How to leave here knowing that you're saved. You're really a Christian. You are a Christ follower. Somebody else in here right now, you may be looking for a church home and you're praying that, asking God, is this the place for you? We're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. And if you're looking for a perfect church, if we were perfect, we wouldn't want you. Because you're not perfect. We're all in the process of becoming, and we welcome you to join us on the journey. Upstairs or down, to my left or to my right, if you're here today and you want to make a decision for your spiritual growth and maturity, you want to make a decision to change your life and you want a people committed to pray with you and to walk with you through it, we extend that invitation to you.
right now. So as the choir sings, don't wait, don't dialogue or debate with the devil. Don't tarry. Tell the person next to you, excuse me. Come on and make that step. We'll rejoice when you come. Come on. Somebody else make that step. Somebody else today, before we pray for these who have come, I'm sensing that you need to make a step. And it's more than just a symbol, uh, a symbol is not meaningful if it doesn't represent substance. It's kind of like wearing a cross, but not knowing Christ. You know, the cross is a symbol, but if you don't know Jesus, then that cross as a symbol has no substance, right? And, and I want to challenge somebody today to make a step. Um, you, you've already maybe made a step mentally, but you need to make that step physically. You need to make that step emotionally. You need to make that step to say, you know what? Yeah, I, I hear you, God. The Holy Spirit is already dealing with you. I'm just repeating what God is already saying to you. And, and there's some people who are around you who will walk with you, who will encourage you, who will pray with you, pray for you. Uh, you don't have to walk this journey alone. You don't have to walk this journey by yourself. We're going to sing that song of invitation one more time. I'm not going to ask if you're here. I know you're here. God's just waiting for your obedience. God's waiting on your obedience. That's what God is waiting on. You're waiting on God. God said, no, I'm waiting on you. And for somebody, God's been waiting on you. 
We offer. Come on. Offer Christ to you. praying I'm praying and here's here's what the Lord has just kind of said in my spirit there's somebody here you think your disobedience is a necessity for you to make it you think you have to live in a disobedient relationship be in a disobedient situation in order to make it and God says the reason you're struggling is because he can't release his blessings in your life while you're still walking in disobedience so here's what I'm hearing the Lord say and I think I'm knocking on somebody's door the Lord says until you're willing to take a step away from disobedience God can't release his power into your life. Now, I'm not talking about church membership here. I'm just talking about making a step of faith to say, Pastor, you're talking about me. I hear you. I hear God. I hear God. Bless you. I hear God. There's somebody else. I hear God talking to me right now through you, Pastor. You're absolutely right. You don't know my zip code, you don't know my address, but the Holy Ghost has just told you my situation. And I know I need to make a move, but I haven't made it because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And God says, I swear by myself. God said, I swear by myself. I got you if you trust me. God said, I'll open up the windows if you trust me. Glory. Ah. God said, if you trust me, if you trust me, don't, don't sing the song and not trust me. Don't, don't carry your Bible and not trust me. God said, I need you to trust me. God said, I need you to trust me. You say, I need him. God says, you don't need him. You need me. You said, I need her. God says, you don't need her. You need me. God said, you need me. That's who you need.
Listen, you cannot take a shortcut through the field of disobedience and think you're going to get to God's blessings. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You'll get there a whole lot quicker waiting on God to get you there than walking in your disobedience to get there. to go we got other stuff to do but I'm just I'm sensing a very pregnant moment right now God wants to give birth to something in somebody's life he's just he's just waiting on you stretch out your hands right now father we bless you and thank you for all who have come today 
them. And I pray, God, that you would bless their obedience to you. As you have led them to come by your spirit. I pray, God, that those who have attempted, whether it was mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically, to find a shortcut through the field of disobedience to your blessings. God, I pray that you would give them and make them a living testimony of what it means to trust you and to watch you do what no other power can do. God, we think about not compromising our own values. But God, I pray that they will not compromise your values and compromise your word. God, touch as only you can and bless as only you can. And God, for those who are standing right there on the edge of a blessing, affirm their faith and affirm their obedience. Show them, God, that when they put disobedience out, blessings are on the way. And let them trust you, God. Where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, somebody give God a hand of praise for those who have come. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, come on. Come on, let's thank. Come on, come on. Let's give God some praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Yes, Lord. You may be seated in this place. Good hope it's time for the offering. Amen. Amen. Let's prepare to worship the Lord in giving. And then we have a uh, dedication today. The Sherman family is dedicating their baby to the Lord. We're going to do that today as well before we go down from this place. We've got a couple of announcements um, that we are going to make. Master Control, we're in your hands. Um, but before Master Control comes, let's make sure we're prepared to give when it's time to give. Uh, remember, you can give through a variety of ways. Uh, you can give via text. If you like the text to Good Hope NBC um, and the amount, text to 7797. 7797793. No, 77. <laughs> Now, man, look here. It's, it's amazing how you be remembering them numbers, you know. <clears throat> 77977. Uh, you can also give online. Uh, go to goodhope.org. You can download the app as well. And I want to encourage you to do that so you can get in the circle where we communicate most effectively and most efficiently, all right? Uh, if you have to go because you have children, to pick up in the children's ministry, you can go and give on your way out if you're picking up your children. If 
you are picking up your children. Amen. The rest of us are going to wait for the benediction. Amen. Because there's a blessing in the benediction. Maybe I need to do a sermon on the blessing of the benediction. Amen. It's always a blessing when we wait till the end. All right. Amen. Master control, we're in your hands. The Good Hope Marriage Enrichment Ministry presents Understanding Your Spouse. Differences, Expectations, and Preferences. Join us for a fulfilling night of romance and spiritual revitalization that will help you learn to love your spouse in spite of your differences. Join us Friday, October 18th at 6 p.m. through Saturday, October 19th at 3 p.m. at the Marriott Sugarland Hotel. The cost is $250 per couple, which includes your hotel room, Friday night reception, and Saturday breakfast and lunch. You can register on goodhope.org or Hope Network. For more information, contact Brother Eric Page. Theater Under the Sun presents the stage play The Question Is, Saturday, October 12th at 5 p.m. Doors open at 4 p.m. For more information, go to goodhope.org forward slash the question or call 713-524-6578. We hope to see you there. Download our new I Am Hope mobile app in order to get or stay connected to our Good Hope family. To download the new app, you can visit our website at goodhope.org and click on the banner, or you can text Good Hope NBC app to 77977, or you can scan the QR code on the posters in the lobby or Center for Hope, or you can also search Good Hope NBC or I Am Hope in your Apple or Google Play Store. Let's continue to take hope to the world. The Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church has joined forces with our community sponsors for our annual prostate cancer screening event on Saturday, September 28th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church. Did you know black men are twice as likely to die from prostate cancer than white men and have the highest death rate from the disease among all racial or ethnic groups in the U.S.? The American Cancer Society recommends that the discussion about prostate cancer screening should take place for men at the following ages, 45 years of age or older for those at high risk of developing prostate cancer. This includes African Americans and men who have a father, brother, or son diagnosed with prostate cancer at an earlier age, or 40 years of age or older for men with more than one first-degree relative who had prostate cancer at an early age. There are two main tests commonly used for prostate cancer screening, the rectal exam and the PSA blood test. This screening will be the PSA blood test only, so sign up today. To register, go to goodhope.org or via our I Am Hope mobile app. Are you ready for some football? The Upward Flag football and cheering season is right around the corner, and we can't wait to share God's love as boys and girls play with purpose. So we have many members of our church who are volunteers who serve as coaches. We also have parent volunteers. Uh, most of the people who participate in the program are not members of our church, so we're open to the community. Anyone can come for children, boys and girls, ages 4 to 10. 
The season is October 5th through November 16th with evaluations and orientation September 28th at 1 p.m. in the gym. The cost is $45 per player. Financial assistance is available and beginners are welcome. For additional information and to register, visit the I Am Hope app or Good Hope website. See you on the field. Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly Announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, Good Hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. Amen. How many of you are, are scheduled to come to the couples retreat? How many people are scheduled? Okay, great. I see a few more. Good. I know some of you are not coming because you're single. I understand that. But, but if you are married, I want to encourage you to come and, and take time to make the investment in your marital relationship. Uh, if it's bad right now, you know, hopefully if y'all just two people sharing the same address, hopefully we can help it get good. If it's good, hopefully you can get better. Right. If it's better, hopefully it can become the best. Um, but I think it's always important. You know, it, how many of you when you're married, boy, you can grow apart easier than you can stay together. Right. It takes work. And sometimes we just get to the place where, you know, you've been together so long. It is what it is. You know, be like I know him, you know, he know me. It is what it is. Um, before you get to that point, come to the marriage retreat, all right? That's, that's all I'm saying. Try to keep you from getting to that point where you just enduring each other. Talking about I'm just going to stay to see what the end going to be. You know, you ought to have some joy and happiness in that thing, all right? Let's worship the Lord in giving, and then we'll be ready for our baby dedication. Come forward now, all your family and friends.
they're with you today. Amen. Oh, the family is here. Amen. Amen. Come on, come on down right there. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that's here, come on. And surround them right here. We're dedicating justice. Kaylee. Amen. Turn her face this way, please, family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. In a pretty white dress. Amen. Just gather around, family. No, it's them pink shoes. That's what's doing it. (laughs) That pint is doing it right there. Come on, gather around. Yeah. Amen. All right. Yeah, you want to take pictures? Come on. You're fine. Anybody want to take pictures or anything? Yeah, you're good. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 19, beginning at verse 13, the New Living Translation reads, One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, Let the kingdom, the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. The family is a divine institution ordained of God in the beginning of time. And children are a heritage of God, a gift, the Bible says, from the Lord. And they are committed to their parents for care, protection, and training. We live in a day and time when many parents act as if it is children's responsibility to raise themselves, but they have been given to our care to protect and train. And the Bible says that that responsibility has been given to us by God. Today we come with this family as they publicly acknowledge their responsibility for the nurture and admonition of this child in the ways of the Lord. These family members and friends who will make up the village that will surround this child with love. All of us can think back to those people beyond just our parents and beyond our nuclear family, play mothers and aunts and uncles and men and women who live down the street who spoke good words into us, who encouraged us, who were an example and inspiration to us. And you will be that for this blessing from the Lord. We come today to dedicate to the Lord Justice Sherman to thank God for the blessing and to acknowledge before God our understanding of the responsibility that we have to help raise this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord. To her parents, and to the grandparents and godparents, and all who make up the village, I want to issue to you a charge today. And if you're willing to fulfill this responsibility, I want you to be able to say proudly and loudly, we do. In the sight of God and in the presence of these witnesses, Do you promise to help raise 
this child in the fear and admonition of the Lord? If so, answer, we do. Do you promise to seek to lead her to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord at a young age? If so, answer, we do. Do you promise as much as possible to set before her a godly example of consistent Christian living? If so, answer, we do. Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, through its pastor, accepts this child in dedication and assumes a responsibility before God. In view of this responsibility, I charge you who attend and are members of this church to take this opportunity seriously. She all right? Let it go. It's all right. She good. We know where she is. We can get her. I will tell you, this is the first. But come on. Her name is Justice for a reason, you know. We commit to provide and support this family with a place of worship and instruction where this child can continue to hear the full counsel of God's word in an age-appropriate way. We commit and covenant together to set an example by our living and maintain an atmosphere that will inspire her to desire a Christian way of life. And we commit, as God will remind us, to pray for justice not just in her salvation, but in her day-to-day living. Let's go to God in prayer. Family members, will you join hands with one another? You got it? All right. I, I was going to try. You know, I'm, I do pretty good, but... Let's cover them in prayer. Father, we thank you right now, and we cover in believing prayer, young justice. We thank you, God, because we recognize that she is a gift from you, that you have blessed this family in a powerful way in both her person and her personality. And God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that you would cover and keep her in a special way. God, we pray for her father who will be the first love of her life, who will set an example for her as to what to expect and how to be treated by a man and how he treats his wife. And we pray, God, that he would always be the hero in her eyes. We pray for her mother who will be that first example for her when she thinks about who to be as she grows up, she will see that example in her mother, her grandmother, and her aunts, and those who are around her. And God, we cover her in prayer right now and ask your very best blessings upon her in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. We ask you to touch as only you can. Assign your very best available angel to protect her and watch over her and keep her from hurt, harm, and danger. God, we know that there will come a time when father's arms will be too short, mother's love will not be accessible. But God, we commit her to your care 
asking you to watch over her when others can't, and when she is in the presence of danger, seen and unseen, that you will keep her from all hurt, harm, and danger. God, where our prayers fall short, we ask you to make up the difference and bless this young Justice Sherman in a powerful way. We ask your blessings now in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Let all of God's people say amen. Amen. All right, Justin, you set a record today, girl. I want you to know. Come on, before the family goes, everybody stand on your feet wherever you are. Um, guest relations, we'll, we'll, we'll catch them next time, all right? Amen. We'll catch them next time. Don't worry about it. Let's stand on our feet and get ready to go down from this place. Let's look to the Lord. Father, thank you for today. We ask your blessings upon us now as we leave this place, but never to leave your presence. Every family, every friend, every person that was here under the sound of our voice, we pray that they would leave here committed and determined to obey you and be all that you would have them to be. Bless us now as we leave this place. Keep us until we make it back to our respective places of rest and find all things well. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Let all of God's people say amen, 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 and amen. Listen, show at least three people some love. Don't count the folk you rode with, all right? God bless you. God be with you is our prayer.